Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and you are listening to Calvary Live, and I am your host for today's program. My name is Jeff Figgs, and I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I am here ready to take your calls as you call in to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living and also here to take your prayer requests. You just heard the number, the opening of the show, and the number to call to be on the air, uh, to be able to ask your questions or give your prayer requests is 303-690-3000. I'd love for you to be able to call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, and let's go to uh, the throne of grace in time of need as you give prayer requests. And so we're here to minister to you the Word of God, to bring edification, encouragement, to bring truth, to um, to build you up, uh, to strengthen you, to bring God's Word, which will bring comfort to you. And so that's what Calvary Live is all about. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. That's to be on the air, and this really is your show, you who are listening and we have listeners, of course, those of you listening live on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming and uh, even a little section of uh, Nebraska and the Panhandle. Uh, we're so glad that you're tuned in today to today's program. I pray that everyone's having a blessed summer and a blessed day today. And I wanted to continue to uh, just be a blessing to you for this next hour here on Calvary Live. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Grab one of those open lines, and let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk. go to the Word of God together. Let's encourage one another, and uh, all of us be blessed. I want to also welcome all the uh, listeners that perhaps are listening online uh, all around the country. You too can call it that number, 303-690-3000, and uh, that uh, audience is growing, and uh, so I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening online, and welcome. And also on the East Coast, those that are, who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, welcome, welcome, welcome. I know that it's been really hot for you guys, and uh, heat index has been uh, just unbearable, it seems like, uh, there in Pennsylvania and New York and all along the Eastern Coast. And and so hoping you're getting some relief today. Uh, as you listen, you are uh, a, a week behind, um, So, uh, but you can call it that number, and uh, we can have a conversation and then next week be able to listen to the broadcast. Uh, but I know also many of you are listening online. So again, welcome everyone who's tuned in to Calvary Live. So blessed to be a part of your day. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There is also, as most of you know, that have been listening to Calvary Live, there is another means for you to be able to ask questions and to be able to um, get uh, ask for prayer, and that is through a dedicated text line. And that number is 
0897-720-336-0897. And so you can text in a question or a prayer request. And as time permits, we'll, we'll go to those tech qu- uh, questions. Matter of fact, uh, as we're waiting for the phone lines to, uh, to ring and, and uh, for uh, everyone to, uh, to uh, be able to call in, uh, we just want to be able to um, go to a text question. And the text question is, does Luke chapter 17, verse 21 support Kingdom Now theology? That seems to be uh, quite a um, something that's in the church that we see. Um, and so uh, we know that Kingdom Now theology is popular among uh, some circles of Christianity. Uh, the New Apostolic Reformation holds to the Kingdom Now theology. And uh, so uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 21, I'll read it to you. Uh, for those of you who perhaps aren't familiar with that scripture, Jesus has the religious leaders that are confronting him. And uh, he, he says, I'm going to back up to verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, uh, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So the religious leaders had come, and they, they were kind of saying, Show us the kingdom of um, and we want to see the kingdom uh, of God. And Jesus, when he responds by saying that the kingdom of God is within you, there are those who will say, well, see, that's kingdom now theology. And kingdom now theology uh, t- teaches that, um, that, that the second coming of Jesus is really kind of in two stages. The religious leaders are wanting the Messiah to come. Show us that you're Messiah. Show us something spectacular. You know, put up or shut up is basically what they're saying. And Kingdom Now Theology is the belief that secular non-Christian uh, society, um, they they believe that the, the coming of Jesus is going to be in two stages. First of all, the, the flesh of the believers, and in particular the flesh of today's super apostles and prophets, and then in, in person to take over the kingdom handed to him by those who have been victorious to overcomers. So uh, they don't believe in a rapture, most of them. They, they believe that the kingdom of God is within you, seeds, super apostles, and prophets. And it's better translated, though, in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, that the kingdom of God is not within you, like your super apostle and prophet, Christ is in you. New Agers kind of pull this out as well. But the kingdom of God is among you because the king is here. The king is here among you. So I don't believe it does teach kingdom now theology. It's a theology, um, whether it's a new apostolic reformation or whatever, that seems to be um, something that is um, not good theology and we don't see in the scriptures. So anyway, that's a a text question. Again, give me a text uh, question uh, that you can call in. And you can do that at 720-336-0897. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here to take your calls. And so give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's go to Pat in Greeley. Pat? Yes. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling today. I had a question about the Bema Seat. Uh-huh. 
It says that um, the believer um, will be judged at the Bema seat for both the right. good and bad deeds. And I'm confused about that. I know we'll be yeah. judged about the good deeds and uh, we'll be tested in the fire. Um, but what are the bad deeds that will be tested? Well, you're asking a very good question because a lot of people, first of all, Christians, don't even realize that we all are going to stand, and I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners, uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may Correct. receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, just like you're asking. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of Christians that think, I didn't know I was going to have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And as you correctly said, it is translated the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. Correct. So the, the Corinthians that were reading that, and Paul also repeats that in the book of Romans as well. Uh, mm-hmm. In the book of Romans, he says that we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's the same translation, the Bema reward seat of Christ. So in you know, Corinth, they had the ancient Isthmus games that were very similar to the ancient uh, Olympic games that was in Athens, only 50 miles away. And the athletes that would win an event would stand at the Bema reward seat, so they Mm -hmm. knew exactly what was being spoken of. So the first clarification is that we're not going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for our sins. That's not what right, Paul like is saying. Right, like in Revelation, right. Yeah, because Jesus took the judgment for, for you and me on the cross at Calvary. But Correct. with that said, the New Testament talks a whole lot about rewards that we're going to receive and what we have done for Christ. And so you you brought up a very good reference that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that all of our works are going to be tried by fire. So our mm-hmm. works are likened to gold, silver, and precious metals, or wood, right. hay, and stubble. So those things that we do for Christ, uh, Paul later in this uh, chapter, in verse 14 of Second Corinthians chapter 5, he says it's the love of Christ that compels us, um, mm-hmm. that motivates us. So all those things that we've done for Christ— you know, because of our love for him, wanting mm-hmm. to further the kingdom, um, because of the right motives, I believe those works are likened to gold, silver, and precious metals. The things that we did for Christ that are unlike Christ are going to burn up instantly. And that's so in like other words, wood, hay. Uh, in other words, we did, we, we, in our minds, we, would, we were doing something for Christ, but Christ knows the intent of our heart, so exactly. it might have been that we did a good deed, but the uh, in some way, shape, manner, or form, that deed was done for our gain, not for Christ. Yeah, exactly. And you're exactly on the right track. Christ knows the intent of the heart. And right. so ministry can be done to... Uh, people can do ministry or, or serve you know, in a church to <clears throat> the motive is, I want to be noticed, I want to be popular... Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. want to pat on the back. It, then you've received your reward. And right. so so those things that we've done for Christ, you know, a cup of water for a child, um, mm-hmm. those things that we've done in our prayer closet, Jesus said, when you go pray to where, because he, he likened, as he was talking on the Sermon on the Mount, 
said, don't be like the Pharisees that stand on the corner to give these big, long prayers, but you go in secret and pray to your Father, and he will reward you. Same with fasting. You know, the Pharisees did it just to be seen Mm -hmm. of men. You know, they're standing in the marketplace. They're all gaunt. You know, everybody's looking at them saying, oh, look at that Pharisee. Or the long prayers, you know, they blow the trumpet before they gave. And and so Jesus says, Mm -hmm. don't be like them, but you do this and, you know, you fast, you wash your face. Yeah, and God will reward you. So I think that's a good clue in what is being said. Our works are tried by fire. But, you know, the interesting thing is, um, is as I think about it, uh, Pat, it's kind of like I I thought that, um, you know, when I stand at the Bama Reward Seat of Christ, you know, here's the wood, hay, and stubble. Here's the gold, silver, precious metals, two separate piles. But, you know, the Lord's going to sort that all out. And I think that I, I like to think about Jude. One of my favorite verses is, Now to him is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. That's an incredible verse. And then as we see Jesus in John or Revelation chapter 1 with those eyes of flame, I think when yeah. we go home, Pat, to see the Lord, the very first one, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, Paul with writes Lord. in Second Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter 5. We're going to see our Lord, and he's going to look at us with those eyes of, of love, those eyes of flames, and all the things that are unlike him are going to instantly burn up, and those things are of, are of him are going to just shine forth, and then he's going to present us before, you know, his presence with exceeding joy. We're going to be introduced, if you would, not that we need introduction, but he's going to present us before the Father, you know, blameless, and I think me blameless, that I'm so far from that. But that's our position in Christ, and, and that's yeah, going to be absolutely. such a glorious day. And I think it's going to be something like that, just the things that, because I cannot say that everything that I've done for Christ, Pat, that I've done with a, a godly motive, um, you know, and those things will be Yeah, even out. though we may cover it with a, we think we have, but, you know, the human body is pretty deceiving. Flesh is uh-huh. incredibly evil. So so it, it, although all those things that are going to be judged from that bema seat, we believe to be good, Christ will, will show us where some of those deeds may, be, may have been done for our own intent. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that, why that's good or bad. Right. So, you know, we do it for Christ. Our love for Christ is what motivates us further into the kingdom. And, you know, anything else is strange fire, right, Pat? Um, mm-hmm. Anything else is strange fire, like Nabad and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10. They saw this holy happening. You know, they were dedicating the tabernacle. They let their own censers, and as you can, you know, they ran into the tabernacle, and they were consumed with fire, right? And Mm -hmm. as you read it, the Lord comes to to Aaron and says, listen, I will be glorified. Uh, And the implication is they were trying to take the glory away from the Lord. And uh, so anything that we've done to try to take the glory away from the Lord to you know, exalt ourselves or anything else, on that day, it's going to be consumed by fire. And and that's something that we need to always keep in mind. And we have an incredible God. It's, uh, 
It's just incredible. We have an incredible Lord. When we're made perfect, when we stand before Christ and he finishes the work and we're made perfect, just think about it. We'll, we'll yeah. be, God will be able to ask us, have you, have you kept the commandments? And we'll be able to say yes, because Christ will have poured his righteousness on us. I mean, how yeah. incredibly crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, Pat, he's the one that hung on the cross and died for our sins. He's the one exactly. that saves us. He's the one that, you know, sanctifies us through work through the Spirit. And then he's going to reward us for what he has done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's a pretty good deal. So I always encourage people, invest in the kingdom, uh, because there is rewards. And here's the thing, Pat. A lot of people don't realize that there's rewards to be given. They think that, you know, when this life is in, we just go to heaven there's rewards and crowns that the New Testament talks about. Jesus talks mm-hmm. about the parable of the talents, the parable of the minas, where mm-hmm. we're to be good stewards of what has been given to us as we invest in the kingdom. Jesus talked a whole lot about it. You know, store up your treasures in heaven and, yep. um, you know, and make that the priority. So um, anyway, it's important for us to keep that all in mind. There's rewards to be given to us. And one of the last words of Jesus in the Bible is, is in Revelation chapter 22, where he says that I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So we're not judged according to, you know, our sins. That was taken on the cross of Calvary, but what we have done for Christ, uh, he has a reward for us. And and so the New Testament talks about we are to desire those rewards and to invest in the kingdom. Somebody once said, invest in the kingdom of God because the re- the returns are out of this world. And and I like that. And um, you you would you would think the cross was enough, right? Exactly. But this God is so loving and so gracious. Uh, yeah, he just exactly. doesn't stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks Pat. Appreciate it. good question. Well thank you. Uh, definitely cleared yeah. it up for me. Thanks a lot. You have a blessed you day. Bet. You too, Pat. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, we have some open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. It is incredible to think that we are going to be rewarded for what we have done for Christ. And it's the love of Christ is our main motivation. As Paul said, it's the love of Christ that motivates us, constrains us. And uh, so we want to make sure that we are are ones that um, continue um, to just love the Lord, serve him where he has you, the glory goes to him. Hey, we have all open lines. So 303-690-3000. And so this is a great opportunity for you to be able to call. I'm Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And uh, so plenty of time for you to call, grab one of those open lines, ask your questions, uh, give a prayer request. I know that perhaps that you uh, want uh, or need prayer, and we want to be able to pray for you and bless you in that way. On Wednesday night, tomorrow night, we're going to continue in the book of Revelation here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We're halfway through the book of Revelation. We really have been taking um, our time going through this this apocalypse. That word means the revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ. And as we find ourselves in the middle of the book of Revelation, we're in chapter 11, where we are also looking at that time period that chronologically is halfway through the final you know, seven-year period right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
And that's called the tribulation period or Daniel's 70th week. So we're going to be looking at the two witnesses, the ministry of the two witnesses. Last week, we only covered two verses because John is told to measure the temple um, that is there in Jerusalem. And so we talked a lot about preparations that are being made even today in Jerusalem for a temple to be built. There is no temple in Jerusalem. There hasn't been since 70 AD when the Romans came in and destroyed uh, the second temple, Herod's temple. It was a magnificent building. It was one of the wonders of the world. Uh, it was overlaid with gold, and, and that's one of the reasons why Jerusalem was called the Golden City, because uh, Josephus, the Jewish historian, writes that when you stood on the Mount of Olives and looked at the temple, when the sun came up behind you, that the sun reflecting the light off the gold, you would have to turn away. So it was magnificent, and it was destroyed, torn apart, um, stone by stone, just as Jesus predicted in 70 AD. So there hasn't been a temple in 2,000 years. But we do know that there's going to be a temple standing at the time of the tribulation period, and as we find ourselves in the book of Revelation at this halfway point uh, of uh, the tribulation period, there's a number of things that happen. Uh, we know that there's going to be a, a stopping, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, of sacrifice and offerings. That's going to come to an end. The Antichrist is going to go into the temple, as Second Thessalonians chapter 2 declares, and he's going to set himself up as God, to be worshipped as God in the temple of God. And so he's going to proclaim himself as God because he's under the direct influence of Satan himself, and Satan's always wanted to be worshipped, and then he's going to command the world to worship him, and then that will enter into what is called the Great Tribulation Period, the last three and a half years of the Tribulation Period. And so um, we uh, are going to look at all that. He's going to persecute very heavily Israel. That's chapter 12. He's going to go after them. And then anyone who does not make their allegiance with him and take the mark of the beast, that's chapter 13. So these are really important studies, fascinating studies. Uh, we see that uh, in Israel today, there is the Temple Institute that's preparing for a temple. And all the you know furnishings are being made, the priestly robes, uh, garments, uh, all these things, preparation for that time uh, when the, the Antichrist will come along according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, and he will confirm a covenant with many for that seven-year period with Israel, which will allow them to build their temple <clears throat> once again. So fascinating things, and we looked at that, and we'll continue our study next time. Hey, got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and let's go to Tony in Denver. Hi, Tony. How you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you today? I'm doing great. So I just had a question, um, uh, kind of a general question. How does Calvary Church as a whole, if it even exists, um, look at the view of life on other planets? And the reason I ask is um, last week I heard a little soundbite on Calvary, and I've listened to you guys for years, never heard it before. Um, and I didn't know if I had heard it right. I waited a few days and heard it again on Saturday, which was just a soundbite saying, though there's a, in very general terms, um, kind of paraphrasing, hey, there's people out there who believe in life on other planets. They're trying to look for life. They don't believe in a creator. And uh, it kind of struck me as odd because I've, um, I'm i in that industry. So I actually, for the almost 20 years, 
in the industry of looking for life on other planets. And amazingly, oh. and it may not be a well-known thing, I'm surrounded by Christians. There are a lot of Bible-believing um, Jesus is Lord Christians who actually are um, looking for life on other planets on my team, and um, we don't see their, we don't see a lack of a creator um, in this industry, so to speak. There, it, it doesn't push us one way. So I've always, growing up in this career and being a Christian, you always see that kind of fight that science is against God, so on and so forth. Me being in that industry, that's not necessarily true. Not certainly not in my field. So I just want uh-huh. to see if, 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 if that snippet was because Calvary as, as a whole teaches that or believes that to believe in life in other planets or at least to search it um, means that we don't believe in a creator. Well, when you talk about life on other planets, are you talking about intelligent life, um, like beings and things like that? Or, you know, there could be life in microorganisms, you know, that kind of life. So, Correct. So, so, so in the industry that I'm in, it, it's any form of life. I mean, if we found a tree, if we found bacteria, that would be considered life. And that's what we would right. expect more than an intelligent life, for sure. But even in the event something like that were to happen, because, of course, we have, uh, we're taught in that, that realm as well, it's still nobody would be phased. The Christians in my group that I've been with for 20 years, um, nobody would be phased and believe, oh, my gosh, we found aliens. That means there's no God. Um, so, again, it's kind of, in this industry, it's any type of life. It's life, period. And there are certain sections of the industry that try to find intelligent signals, yeah. so intelligent life out there. But it would just kind of struck me as odd, because I've never heard it before in the years that I've listened to Calvary to, to see that. Yeah. You know, here, here's here's how, th- I don't know if there's a, you know, I know the Calvary distinctives, you know, and but I don't know if there's really a position, Calvary Chapel as a whole, about life and other planets and 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 all of this i'll I'll tell you what my thoughts are on it um, is is you know it is a huge universe out there he's the creator of all and i know this that you know is there a possibility of there's microorganisms on another planet i don't know even if there is intelligent life they're going to have to bow the knee to Jesus. Absolutely. And because Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of those in heaven, those on the earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Personally, I don't believe, this is my opinion, and um, you may feel free to disagree or anybody else, I don't believe there's intelligent life out there, but if there is, they're under the lordship of Jesus, and they have to bow the knee to him, and those in heaven, those under the earth, and and those on the earth, um, because he is the creator of all. Uh, He is the only true God that there is, and that's where I leave it. That's where I have to leave it. Sure, and again, sorry, Andrew, I I just wanted to kind of make note that it's it's a prevailing it's a prevailing thought that scientists and engineers who are in this industry um, are anti-Christian or, or, or out there to prove yeah. God. And I just wanted to kind of share that that's actually not the case. I mean, unless God has put me in a bubble, and I've been with so many different teams working on all these different NASA missions, that, and, I've, and unless God's saying, I want you to be surrounded by Christians and only Christians, and you're a small bubble, 
uh, it's pretty prominent. Uh, there were a lot of Christians. And, and what I see is a trend where the older generation, uh, um, I'd Great. say my age and older, certainly believe in God. Lots of Christians involved. The newer generation yeah, coming in, we're seeing less of that. And I yeah. think that's because of that pervasive thought of you don't want to go into that industry because, you know, they're anti-God. Yeah. So you, you actually make Christians less involved in, at least, again, yeah. my own theory, um, less yeah. involved in yeah. the mathematics and the physics and things like that. So just yeah. wanted to Great. share that. Um, Thanks, uh, Tony. Know, hey, Tony, you know what I think is, and we're going to go to break and, and then we'll have to go, but I think that there's a lot of scientists that they know there's a creator out there. And they may be, you know, in their industry not wanting to say anything. But good points. Hey, thanks, Tony. Hey, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you today. So blessed to be a part of your life uh, as you are listening to the radio or perhaps online uh, listening to Calvary Live. We're here to bless you, to encourage you, to answer your questions. So if, if you have a question about the Bible or Christian living, uh, please give me a call. We have plenty of time in the show. we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let me give you that text, dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. You cannot leave a voicemail or anything. Just uh, use it for texting, and we have time uh, in the show. We will go to those text questions. So so glad to be with you on this day, and, and so blessed to be uh, able to answer your questions and go to the Lord together. As I mentioned um, before we went to the break, uh, we are going to be in the book of Revelation tomorrow night, a fascinating study. The book of Revelation is to be studied on, um, you know, in in the church and for us as Christians, uh, there's a special blessing attached to uh, those who read the words of Revelation, those who hear the words, and those who keep the words, and that is um, that these things must shortly come to pass. And so uh, if you have opportunity to join us, maybe online, you can join us online, calvarychapelgreeley.com, for that study, people are listening from, we're hearing from all over people that uh, have been listening to our study. And then also, uh, not only live stream or uh, download the other teachings, we've been in Revelation since the first of the year, uh, but come join us if you're around the Greeley area. Love to meet you. We have children's ministry. We have a nursery. I think we, we got such a wonderful, just incredible, dynamic children's ministry, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, and nursery. And it's so important that we be ministering the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word in our, you know, to our children. And so they're safe. They're going to learn about Jesus and the word of God at their level. And we have youth groups that meet on Wednesday night, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Hey, this is a good, good place to be. Uh, so come join us on Wednesday nights. Wednesday night's a big part of our weekly schedule. And then three Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30 and 11 o'clock as we're finishing the book of Romans 
And uh, it's, it's just an incredible, wonderful study that we've been embarked in, going through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse. So check out our website, Calvary Chapel Greeley, for further information and for directions to the church. We're easy to find. But let's go to Belize in New Jersey. Hi, Belize. Um, it might be Louise. How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Um, hello, how are you? So is it Louise? It is Louise, yes. Okay, all right. Sorry about that, Louise. It's how okay. are you today? You know what? I'm better than I was. Um, I always uh-huh. listen to your station. I think I've been listening to your station probably almost a year, maybe or two years now. So I was caught up with my my husband passed in March, and so I always believed that he's in a better place. He's not suffering from cancer anymore, and that I know in my heart I'm going to see him again. However, yeah. I got to a point probably about three weeks ago that I thought I couldn't deal with the pain anymore. I didn't want to deal with the hurt anymore. So I thought if I ended my life faster, I would be with him sooner. But I am in grief support. I, I, I was smart enough to call my hospice leader. Um, I'm just calling for prayer to, to, to stay strong, to remain strong in my faith, not doubt my faith, because that particular day I just didn't want to be bothered with anybody or anything. I always thought that if you're in a better place, and God took you from suffering, that you were supposed to celebrate. And I can't celebrate anything right now. But what I'm right. looking for is, I think it's Pastor Ed or one of the members had lost a son and had books um, on grieving, and I, and I couldn't find the email. I keep getting returned to sender. Yeah, and um, if you go on uh, Calvary Church, in Aurora, their website. I, I think the contact for Pastor Ed is there, and I'll try to get it, um, you know, sent to me here. But should be able to contact him. He did lose uh, his son, and he has gone through that grieving process, which um, it's hard and it's difficult. Uh, losing a spouse, losing a child, um, losing a loved one is—it's a long process. And he does have some resources that have helped him. He's, um, you know, has those recommendations. Uh, I know one is um, is Besides Still Waters by Charles Spurgeon's. Um, it's a book of comfort for the soul. I have that on my nightstand. I'm going through it for a, the second time. It's just daily devotions. But there's some other okay. books as well that he would recommend. So, um, you know, you uh, can look on his website, and he'll have—I can't think of it right now what it is, um, but mm-hmm. uh, you can surely find it. Or give them a call at the church, and they'll be happy, because I know Ed would want you to have those resources. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm glad I was listening that day. I, I I don't know for whatever reason my faith was stronger than me that day. So I, I think I cried for five days, and I have my husband passed away in March. I didn't cry. I, I hurt for a day or two, but I went on as everything was normal. And I don't know, all of a sudden I woke up and nothing was normal that day, and I went, my faith is stronger than I am. How is this even possible? 
Why am I feeling this way? I learned that it's normal to feel this way, and it's normal yeah. to cry, and I should cry. God I made us to grieve. I was having a very difficult time with that process. Yeah. God made us to grieve, and it's a very hard, painful process of grieving going through it, and everybody grieves differently. But I do know this. I want to read to you, Louise, from Second Corinthians chapter 1. That Paul, he's talking about a time he said that we were pressed beyond measure when we came out of Asia. It was difficult. Uh, we were despaired even of life. But he says this, that blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. So he talks about that he is the God of comfort that comforts us in all of our tribulations. And and we're going to pray for you that the Lord brings that comfort to you. But I also want to read to you from uh, Psalm 61. It's a psalm that David, he was grieving. He was grieving over um, a situation with his family. He was overwhelmed. And he gives this psalm uh, that I'll read to you. He says in Psalm 61, that hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed, and lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy, and I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. So, uh, Louise, we're going to pray for you for God's comfort and to know this. When you find yourself at the end of you know, your world, and you're just overwhelmed, and the grief is overwhelming your heart, he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, I can call out to you, O Lord. So, Father, I pray for Louise. I just pray that my sister, who has lost her husband, um, grieving is difficult and hard um, as she's going through this process. And I pray that, Lord, you bring the comfort that only you can truly bring in her trial, in this process, that you would strengthen her, that you bring comfort to her, that, Lord, that she would know that you're there, you love her, and that we do have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, um, even though we have that living hope, we still can grieve. We still go through that process. And I pray that she would sense your presence, that you would strengthen her, her inner, you know, woman, the inner man, um, that you would, uh, Lord, just uh, just be with her to where she perceives your presence, and Lord, that you would show yourself strong on her behalf, and that she would know that she can call to you when her heart is overwhelmed, and Lord, that, um, that you would just do that moment by moment, day by day, um, as she misses her husband, as she goes through this deep grief that she's feeling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And so, look, yeah, look at Calvary Church, okay? And uh-huh. um, and be sure to, you know, even call the church, and, uh, and you should be able to get that contact. And I know that Ed would want to send that resource to you uh, that would be of great help to you, okay? Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. God bless you, Louise. 
you know, grieving is very difficult. And I know one of the books that that Pastor Ed does recommend is Besides Still Waters by Charles Spurgeon. And, and um, it's such a wonderful devotion that uh, is on my nightstand that I pick up and read just about every day, going through it for a second time. And, and there's other resources out there as well. Hey, let's continue. Let's go to, as I look at um, who we have next, Let's go to Jake in Pennsylvania. Jake? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. How are you? I am good. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Um, I have a question. Um, uh-huh. It's based on basically um, as a husband in a leadership role and um, what what I can do in a certain situation. So. My wife and I left a, a very conservative church recently, and um, we had kind of rules and regulations, more or less, in that church with dress codes and things like that. Now that we're kind of away from that, um, I'm trying to lead my family in a, in a way that is godly, and and although I fall short many times, but, but the situation is that my wife is more leaning towards <clears throat> um, more away from the modest dress, and, and in particular, like... Uh, the dress of yoga pants and things like that. And, and there's certain things that I don't feel comfortable with, um, with her wearing and, and, uh, in some of those areas. I'm wondering as a husband, what can I do? I mean, part of me wants to lay down the law and part of me wants to say it's, it's her life. She needs to find her way. Um, I just, I just don't know exactly how to handle the situation. Yeah. Well, first of all, prayer, and I'm going to pray for you, Jake, that, you know, you do have the wisdom to be able to minister to your wife. Sometimes when people come out of a very legalistic kind of situation that, um, you know, the response can be, well, I'm going to do what I, I want to do. And I'm not saying that's the case for your wife, but the dress and, you know, I'm sure you've expressed uh, your concern and the key for you is, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5, the role of the husband is you love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself to her, that he might mm-hmm. sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. So in other words, you continue to love her, and you wash her with the water of the word. In other words, you know, show her in Scripture, and I'm sure probably you've done this, about modesty. And, and you know, why it's important not only to you but to the Lord— <clears throat> And just continue to minister right. to her in that way. You know, it's hard to, you know, I'm going to lay down the law. and um, yeah. But but we know how that goes. It usually leads to a big argument or resentment or whatever. So, right. you know, being a leader in as a husband, it, it means leading um, in a way that Christ would lead. When that person mm-hmm. came, you know, the rich young ruler and said, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, sell all that you have and, and follow me. And he went away sad. And, but that shows Jesus didn't chase after him. Um, right. Jesus gave him truth. And then, you know, and it says, I believe in Mark's gospel it says Jesus loved him. So mm-hmm. you love your wife. And you give her the word, and you just talk to her, say, honey, can I, you know, take her by the hand? Can can we go for a walk? Can I share with you these things? This is important to me. This is important to the Lord. And just, you know, tenderly and very 
um, patiently minister to your wife in that way. So yes. that's that. I, I appreciate that. that. I, I appreciate that that um, insight. Um, and one of the things that ties into this is, as a man myself who in the past has struggled with um, kind of lust and sexual immorality, you know, means that certain type of dress kind of, uh, you know, brings that temptation. I, I, I see that from that viewpoint, whereas she would have never struggled with that. She doesn't see that, you know, she thinks that men need to just grow up and not look at things in that way, um, which I kind of agree with her to a point, but I, I'm trying to make her aware that, yes, men do look yeah. at women in certain ways, yeah. or at least some of them. And so I try to point it out, and that just kind of leads to um, arguments. And so I'm trying yeah. to find my way through this. As, um, yeah, you Jake. Know. And, the, and the thing is, is to talk to her the priority of the, the inner beauty that she is to show. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's that way for anybody who's listening who has daughters that are growing up that are, te- you know, teenagers. It's a battle that can happen. Right. And, right. you know, to talk to them about modesty and dress. And we live in a culture where, you know, that's, that's you know, something that gets pushed on with women to, to look good, the external and all of this. But to mm-hmm. just emphasize the eternal, you know, the internal beauty that she is to have, and that's what's pleasing to the Lord. And and those verses that speak about that, um, you know, Paul writing to Timothy, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and and others, you know, just uh, have be modest. Peter writes about that uh, as well in in First Peter uh, chapter three, as he's talking about um, those things. Uh, he says that. Um, don't let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel, as First Peter yeah. chapter three. Rather, let it be hidden, person of the um, heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So okay. I would just have her read those verses. You know, what does it mean to you? And this is God's heart. This is God's word to you. And h- here's the thing about. Um, God's Word. When God tells us how to live, it's for our blessing and for our benefit. He's not a killjoy, you know, wanting to ruin our lives and, you know, and, you know, shaking his fist, you better do this. It's, you know, he's telling us this is how, you know, you can be blessed and benefit it and be a blessing to others and experience that abundant life. It's that inner beauty and just talk to her and keep talking to her about it and um, and just keep praying for her and, and allow the Lord to touch her heart. Okay. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, can I pray for you, Jake? Sure. Father, I just pray for Jake that he have the wisdom. He's desiring to lead his family and his wife as commanded by Scripture, that you give him the wisdom to be able to talk to his wife, to be able to talk about these things. And um, and so, Lord, I just pray that you would just give him the right words and that you administer these truths to his wife of the inner beauty that 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 you desire for her to have to be um, a beauty of your reality and of your love to others. And and Lord, I just pray that you would do that work in her heart and she would receive that truth um, and know that you love her. Um, 
the kingdom of God isn't all about uh, those external things. It's it's about the heart and the eternal and having a heart for you and walking with you. And I just pray that you would place that on her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless, bless Thank you very faith. much. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And let's go to let's go to Willie. Yes, sir. Hi, Willie. How are you? Good, and yourself? Good. Okay. Um, the question I have is, can you show me in Scripture where, where it says that we go to heaven? Yeah, <clears throat> I know that. I'm going to show you... Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, um, that as Paul's talking about the assurance of the resurrection, and he says, "We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body oh, okay. than okay. to be present oh, no, with sorry. the Lord." I'm yeah, sorry, you sorry. said second. You said Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eight. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five. Okay. Yeah. So let me read it to you again. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So that's one reference. And when we take our last breath here on this earth, those of us who are Christians, that we're going to be with the Lord. Um, that's, That's one that comes right to my mind. But the Bible promises eternal life. Um... Jesus said in, let me read to you in John chapter 14. He was ministering to his disciples uh, in that upper room right before he went to the cross. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you to go and prepare a place for you. And I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. Okay, so, so key words you just said. When I come again, if if we go to if we when we die we go to heaven right away. Why why would he need to bring his reward with him? I'm not quite sure what you're trying to ask, but Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten says to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Okay, and. I, I truly do understand what you what you mean by that, but at the same time, Genesis Genesis chapter three nineteen says that we will eat the sweat of we would eat. Let me read it for you. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, and out of it was thou taken, for dust thou thou art and until dust thou shalt return. So, Well, if you're if, suggesting, Willie, if you're hold, suggesting hold, 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 a, a soul I, I, sleep... Hold on, hold, on, hold on, Pastor, hold on, Pastor. If, if he's returning and he says that his reward is with him, why do I... If I'm in heaven, why would I need to... Why would he need to bring his reward back to the earth. Well, if you're listening to earlier in the show, we will all stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. But if you're suggesting that there's soul sleep, 
Uh, that's not a biblical doctrine. Our body will sleep until the resurrection. The resurrection is when our bodies, you know, are resurrected to where we get a new heavenly body. But that doesn't right. mean our soul sleeps. Paul would say okay. to the Philippians that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, he didn't say for for me to die is, you know, I'm going to go into soul sleep, you know. Um, he didn't say that at all. He said for me to die is gain. So there's no soul sleep. Um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's a promise from Scripture um, we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to receive rewards. I don't know how clear the Bible can be. So, Willie, we're going to continue on, and we're going to, um, you know, just kind of leave it at that. So um, that's a doctrine that some people have hold on to as soul sleep. I don't know if that's what Willie's trying to get to, but it's not biblical. It's not in the Scriptures. So um, we have the promise of eternal life. And, you know, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, that you'll be with me in paradise before the sun has set. He didn't talk about soul sleep or anything like that. So there's a lot of references there. And Stephen, when he uh, was stoned there in the book of Acts, Stephen, uh, as uh, he is being stoned, that he gazed up in heaven, he saw um, the Lord there. And I'll read it to you um, as uh, he's martyred, and they stoned Stephen, and and was and he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and, and cried out with a loud voice, do not charge them with this sin. Um, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. That is, he ended up dying. But, you know, he, he cries out, receive my spirit. And and he um, would see the Lord. And um, and so soul sleep is something that is a false doctrine. Um, it's It's not biblical. Our bodies will sleep until the resurrection where we get new heavenly bodies. But uh, our spirit goes to be with the Lord, and I'm so thankful for it. I am so thankful when I take my last breath, I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord. And then we will stand at the beam of reward seat of Jesus Christ to be rewarded. Jesus Christ is going to come back, and he's going to establish his kingdom after the tribulation period, and we're going to rule and reign with him. And uh, so the Bible is pretty clear about those things. Hey, um, we just got a few minutes left in in the show. I'm going to um, to see if we got anything on our text line that uh, maybe we can pray very quickly on. And um, we, well, we've been quiet on the text line. So anyway, so um, we've had a good show today. Good questions. And I appreciate you guys calling in. Keep studying the scriptures. You know, these are good questions that people are asking about heaven, about the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, uh, about all these different things. Uh, and we can go to the scriptures and we can get real answers. And I pray that you would be one that as you continue to go to church and you're learning the Bible, as you have your own devotions, as you are one that is... Uh, listening to Christian radio, support your local Christian radio. Those of you in Colorado, Grace FM, and those of you on the East Coast, Hope and Truth FM. Uh, it is so important that we have the Word of God that is coming into our hearts and into our minds, continuing in the Scriptures. I think about what Paul told Timothy. Paul told Timothy 
that in the last days is going to be perilous times. And Timothy, you know that evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse. And he says, this is what you're to do, um, that uh, you must continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so keep growing in the scriptures. Be wise in the scriptures. There's a lot of weird things that are out there today um, that uh, are being taught or there is a diminish of the priority of the Word of God. And I hope that, especially in this day, he said, listen, it's going to be perilous times in the last days. That time will come when they will not endure uh, sound doctrine, is what Paul goes on to say a few verses later. Is he? These are some of the last words of Paul the Apostle. And they will, according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Listen, those of you listening, be in a church that is teaching the Bible. Sound doctrine. That is the exhortation to Timothy and this exhortation of the Lord to us today. Hey, God bless you. So glad to be a part of your day. Thanks for calling in. Be a part of the show on Calvary Live. I continue to, uh, as I said, uh, just grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk to you next time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.